Hello, I'm Curtis Powers, and this is Agenda Weekly. Thank you so much for joining me again this week. I really appreciate it. I hope you've had a good week. Hope you're being successful in getting the things done to make your life have more influence with your family and your community and your neighborhood. Um, but I appreciate you being there. Those on all the different platforms, please consider going to agendaweekly.com to become a subscriber. And to those that are subscribers, thank you. Uh, you allow us to be able to do all the different things that we're doing, and we appreciate it greatly. This week, we're going to be talking about the concept when the truth is labeled disinformation and disinformation is labeled as the truth. And of course, we're talking about that because over the last week, a ministry of disinformation has been started in America, which is crazy because here, here's a few key facts that deal with this. All countries that don't have freedom of speech don't have freedom either. <laughs> it's not like either or. If you do not have freedom of speech, you do not have freedom. And every country that is free, of course, has freedom of speech because it's the most foundational right that we have. But almost all the media and that's what we're going to, I'm going to show you today, like over the last two years with COVID, is just purveyors of disinformation. That's all they're pushing out. And yet they're to be the ones that tell what disinformation is and what the truth is. And anyone that's not speaking the truth um, is going to be censored. It's crazy when, when you allow those in power to decide what can be said and what can't be, you're no longer free. And that's why it's so vital. And that's why we're going to talk about it. But thank you again for joining me this week. A couple key items from this week before we get into the topic of disinformation is one of our subscribers is from Prince Edward Island, which is up in Canada. And they sent me some pictures that you're looking at right now on the screen of the, what those are, those mountains there. Those are potatoes. And that's what they grow on the island there. And the government has said, no, there's potato wart on these potatoes, so they can't be sold. They're just going to have to be fed to the animals. And so they're discarding all of this food right at a time when the whole world is having food shortages. But then I thought, wait a minute, Canada is part of the World Economic Forum's, you know, globalist plan for crises to accomplish their goals by 2030. And I'm just, I just, just that one thing coming from one of you lets me know that's happening all over the world. They're doing everything they can to stop food production, to create a bigger crisis because they already know there's going to be a big one. I learned also this week, we know 30 plus percent of all the wheat in the world comes from the Ukraine and Russia in that area where the war is going on. We already know that. But what I didn't realize is how dependent is the world on that wheat? 50 percent of all the calories consumed in the entire world by people is from wheat. That's half the diet of everyone on the planet, and 30% of it has been cut. And then other things are going on to cut more and more. I think they're purposely creating a famine like you have never seen. It's going to help them with the wealth redistribution, which is one of their top goals, because they're going to be able to tell us legitimately 
Hundreds of millions of people are starving to death this year. We have to have America help with this effort to feed the world. It'll be like back in the 80s, remember, we are the world, and there was all those forced famines in Ethiopia, and America rose to the occasion, and people started giving billions of dollars because we don't want to see people starve to death, of course. But they're manufacturing this, so it'll be that crisis where they can maybe start a global tax to help feed the world. And everyone will be, oh, I guess if they're starving to death, okay, go ahead. And of course, it won't go to that. It never does. It will go to fund their UN military or whatever else to gain more power and control. But anyway, I just, I saw these things and then I got that text from one of you and I saw, wait a minute, I think something big's going on. Now, all of us are always after good news. And there is good news of things going on. I think it's easier to focus on the bad because we want to be aware of that so we can stand against it. But here's a clip from Steve Bannon. And it was encouraging to me. I want to play it for you, but then talk about because of the reality that he's talking about, I think um, we have to be very careful to watch for some key actions by the left before the November elections. But watch this. Democrats can only win if they cheat, right? If they cheat or if they change the rules. This is, or use the courts somehow to cheat. They can't win and they're about to be destroyed. You're going to have a spinoff of the squad and these guys into this kind of progressive like Green Party like Germany has. You're going to have this neocon, neoliberal uh, combination that's got, you know, Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger has got Hillary Clinton uh, and, the, uh, and, and, and the Clintonistas, the neocon neoliberals. Okay, Bill Crystal will be there. They'll be yammering on, uh, on the net. But that we have a chance to shatter them, to shatter it as a national political institution. It's incumbent upon us to make that happen. MSNBC just has up a new article about how, hey, guess what? This, this, this crazy group is now weaponizing motherhood. The fascists have now weaponized motherhood. You've got these Moms for Liberty and Moms for America, and you've got all these moms going to school boards, and they're fighting mass mandates, and they're fighting... Uh, vaccine mandates, and they don't want the kids poisoned by uh, critical race theory, and they don't want to poison by social emotional learning, and they don't want the transgender ideology, they don't want the sexualization of the children in first grade, they don't want it, and they're going to fight it. And now MSNBC is finally coming to it as the polling showing that they're losing massively with the black communities leaving the Democratic Party, the Hispanic American leaving the Democratic Party, the young people leaving the Democratic Party, Asian Americans leaving the Democratic Party. Now, what they depended upon, the moms in the suburbs, and wait for it, they're leaving the Democratic Party. This is why it's unique coming, a convergence of many forces. And it's not just House races, Senate races, in the, in, the, in the glamour races that you see on TV all the time. It's the nuts and bolts. In fact, I would argue the more important races are the school boards, are the election boards, are the, uh, the DAs, the county judges, the, the, the sheriffs, all of those. We're gonna, this is a sweep, a sweep. It's too late for them to catch up. They haven't done the work. They're too lazy. Source can't write enough checks. And we've outed them. People got, we got the hairy eyeball on them everywhere. They can't move unless we're sitting there saying, hey, we see you. See how you're cheating. We're seeing how, what you're doing. And they don't have the motivation. They're all running around trying to get their student loans uh, canceled. That's not going to happen. Anyway, I thought he made some great points that really are encouraging. They've become so radical and are pushing it so hard in every area. They're starting to lose the little group they'd kind of glued together with fringe issues, 
but they're losing a lot of them and it's breaking apart and it'd be a blessing and wonderful if that did happen. But they see that happening too. And so here is a key point. Everyone's heard about the Supreme Court leak this week. Okay, and, and oh, isn't that terrible that happened? Yes, it is terrible. But it was very strategic and, and here's why. Of course, they're trying to, to muscle and bully the conservative justices into rethinking their position not to overturn Roe v. Wade, even though it was a total farce to begin with. But I don't think that's going to work. And I think they know that's not going to work. But what it's going to do is legitimize them between now and November, doing whatever necessary to to do what they think they should do, which means they take absolute power and they just do it. They could care less what the voters think, what the law says, and I just think that's what they're going to do. Here's some possibilities. If they were able to cut the filibuster in the Senate where you didn't need 60 votes to pass a law there, then I think they're going to do the court packing, they're going to go, okay, we're just going to throw a bunch more justices on there and change that forever. Uh, we're going to make abortion a federal law and just put that in. And then we're going to change the election laws before November so we can make sure all the criminal things we did uh, to, to, to change the election in 2020 we'll be able to do forever. I've talked to you about this before. And, and some of you, I got one email saying, are you saying there's not going to be any elections in November of 2022 this year? I'm like, no, I didn't say there's not going to be any elections. I just said they're going to do whatever they can do before then to change the way we vote or to do something where they do not lose power. But I also explained last week, they are not God. They're not infallible. They can't. They don't just get to do whatever they want. They work diligently, and they will do anything necessary to win. But that still does not mean they're guaranteed victory. I think Steve Bannon, what he was talking about there, is encouraging to remember. There's a lot of good things going on at the grassroots level, and people have seen the ugliness of the evil of the Democrats of the left. And I think as this abortion debate even heats up, it's going to be key. Because everyone's going to be talking about abortion, which is so important. Most people don't even know what an abortion is. They know the idea, but they do not know the graphic reality of what it means for a woman to go in there and have her the life of her baby terminated. And what that really looks like and how grotesque and how vile it is. It makes anything Hitler did look like a joke because they're doing it to a, a baby that's defenseless. That's far more evil than doing it to an adult that should have kept his gun to defend himself and shouldn't have given up his right to do that. Anyway, lots of different things going on there, but I think are very important. Today, what happens when disinformation is labeled as the truth and the truth is labeled as disinformation and then the government starts a ministry of disinformation to censor and silence anyone that is speaking what they have termed disinformation, which of course will always be what is the truth. It, it, what it really means is you're no longer allowed to speak the truth. And that's a scary place to be. George Orwell, he said, if liberty means anything at all, 
It means the right to tell the people what they do not want to hear. That's what liberty is all about. Where everyone in America can believe, I think it's fine to have slaves, but I still have the right to stand up. And I go, no, I do not think that is right. I do not think God would want man to have slaves, and I'm going to stand against that. It gives us the right to do that. We've falsely believed the lie if something is legal, therefore it is right, which is crazy. Uh, God's laws are above all of man's laws, as the Nazis found out in World War II. God, God could care less what we think about anything. He is God and has said, here is how the universe is to be governed. And if you go against that, you will pay dearly for doing that. George Washington, the father of our country, warned us. He said, if freedom of speech is taken away, then dumb and silent, we may be led like sheep to the slaughter. I mean, why is it the First Amendment? <laughs> you have the right to free speech. Yeah, because they knew that's the foundational thing. Because if you can't even talk, then of course you're not going to be able to act. <laughs> if your voice is silenced, then of course your actions are going to be restrained. Oh, you can't do this stuff either. But when you're free to talk, then it's hard for them to restrict actions because it's just a logical overflow of your words. Jordan Peterson said, a world without freedom of speech is a world of slavery and tyranny. And that's what they want. And that's why they have to get rid of free speech. It's fundamental that they do that because uh, they can't be tyrants <laughs> if man is free. Um, there's no one to, to parade over and to crush under with your power. Here's a really interesting quote by Edward Snowden. He's the one that told us how the NSA was spying on average Americans and keeping all this information and doing things they constitutionally are not allowed to do. And here's what he said. He said, arguing that you don't care about the right to privacy because you have nothing to hide is no different than saying you don't care about freedom of speech because you have nothing to say. I mean, that is so true. And they have created a generation that doesn't have much to say, so they don't understand how vital the freedom of speech is. They're like, I don't know anything to say anyway. I don't care if they silence people. And, and that's right where we are. This, of course, is going on worldwide. The globalists, the elitists all over are trying to brainwash us with the idea that freedom of speech doesn't mean you can say whatever you want. It just means you can say the things that you're allowed to say by the government. And Bill Gates is working to censor anyone that, that goes against his paradigm of vaccines or the only way to have life and have it more abundantly. And then the Biden establishment, uh, the things they're doing, once they saw Elon Musk is getting Twitter, oh, okay, then we're just going to censor all social media so we don't have to worry about free speech. Over in Europe, they've got the Digital Services Act they're trying to push through right now that, that totally eliminates free speech. China, on their social media, has banned posts that contain, quote, this, this phrase, arise ye who would refuse to be slaves. Now, what's funny about that phrase is that's the first stanza of China's national anthem in a communist country. Arise ye who refuse to be slaves. Isn't that humorous? It's crazy. But if you, if you type that, then boom, you're censored immediately.
big tech giants, Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, YouTube, Google, and all the other ones have been for the last several years. Anything you said that wasn't with the COVID narrative, censored. Anything that didn't go along with, we had a free and fair election for the first time in American history in 2020. It was gone. Those that didn't say January 6th was an armed insurrection. And on and on it goes. Well, it just shows that free speech is under attack. And I think a great example of this, Charlotte Alter also from Time Magazine, she said this in a recent article, freedom of speech is no more than a white man's obsession. So they're making freedom of speech. Oh, that's just a racist thing that white men came up with. Why is free speech so important? Well, because it's one of the most important roadblocks against tyranny. So when government is doing something evil, people can talk about it. People can print up sheets on it and hand it out, or you can have a podcast or whatever. And so it exposes the darkness. And when you are allowed to do that, it's hard for the darkness to grow because it's constantly under scrutiny. In a, in a perfect world, that's what the media is there for. That's why our, our founders so wanted a free media so they could expose the evil plans of those that are trying to abuse people and then they wouldn't be successful at doing that. Well, that's why that had to go. But here's, this, this should be encouraging to you in one hand, this next thing here. Um, to me, I was shocked at first, but then I was encouraged. This fight for free speech is nothing new. The tyrants, those that have a lust for power have always been wanting to stop that, even in America. The Constitution was ratified in 1789, of course, with the First Amendment, which guaranteed the right to free speech. Now, that was in America. We thought, oh, yeah, well, we were different. Do you realize just nine years later, in 1798, they passed the Alien and Sedition Act? Oh, what's the Alien and Sedition Act? This is in the 1700s in America nine years after the Constitution was ratified. Listen to this. If any person shall write, print, utter, or publish, or shall cause or procure to be written, printed, uttered, or published, or shall knowingly and willingly assist or aid in the writing, printing, uttering, or publishing any false, scandalous, and malicious writings against the government of the United States, the House of Congress, and the President of the United States, they shall be punished by a fine not exceeding $2,000, which had been a quarter of a million in today's money, and be imprisoned not exceeding two years. <laughs> Thankfully, when Thomas Jefferson uh, became president in 1800, he allowed that law to expire, and we were free once again to have the First Amendment rights but that's, that's amazing to me that this battle's always been going on because man has such a lust to control other men. S certain people, that's their weakness. Those that seek positions of power, they like absolute power. And of course, when people have freedom of speech to call them out and say, you're a liar, or you're not speaking the truth, or I saw what you did, or here's the facts on this matter, or here's the reality of climate, or whatever, any of those things. They don't want opposition. No, no, that's censored. 
That's disinformation. Well, that's what they're working at completing right now because they have to do that if they want us to be slaves. I'm going to go through a few key points of this article, which is below, called The Next Ten Battles by Jeffrey Tucker. It's excellent. But a few key areas where just over the last two years we have seen they have officially labeled disinformation as the truth and truth as has been labeled disinformation. And that's important for us to be aware of because right now with <laughs> this ministry of disinformation is coming out when we realize they were the only ones pushing disinformation. We're not doing that. So obviously their definition of disinformation is not the same as ours is, um, how deadly it is. But listen to some of these areas that are pretty amazing. Number one, pandemic response just talks about the different areas where just over the last two years, we saw the health industry do the opposite of what they normally do. Normally they would tell us, here's what the pandemic's like, here's how dangerous it is, and then they would start experimenting all doctors with therapeutics, things that might help with that, and they would want people to get that out there. They'd also encourage people to build their immune systems and know that eventually you're gonna get herd immunity through, through that. And the main focus would have been those of you that are high risk for any sickness, any disease, we need to protect you. Everybody else, just keep your immune systems up, go to the doctor if you get sick, and they're going to be looking into the best ways of treating this in the meantime. Well, none of that happened. They tried a new theory in practice, and it flopped catastrophically. Worse, dissenting scientists were aggressively censored, attacked, and smeared, and this happened on order from above. It was a time when the only approved science was government science, an experience on par with that which dominated totalitarian countries in the 20th century. That's what we saw. That's what they've always done, the, all the Soviet Union and everything. Just ironclad, you do what the government tells you to do. We'd never done that in America. And that's what happened. And it was a catastrophic failure. And, and the first thing that let me know back in April of 2020 there was a problem is they were censoring any doctors, and they should be credible witnesses in this, in this thing, and, and people that have expertise, but anyone that didn't go along with them, boom, censor them. And that's when I realized, okay, when you're censoring the experts, and yet you say all you depend on is the experts, then you realize, okay, something's wrong here. And of course it was. Number two, we look at the history. You know, the gain-of-function research. Why in the world were we funding that? And why did they lie and give us misinformation saying we'd never funded that when they had funded that? Um, why did we use the PCR test, one that's known to be so faulty and so in error of accurately telling you if you're sick or not? And But who was in charge of that? Who said we're going to use mRNA technology for these shots, first time ever in world history, instead of the traditional vaccine approach? And then, you know, who at the CDC said plexiglass has to be put up in every business in America? Like plexiglass, it's just sitting there like a virus doesn't float right around that. I mean, there were so many things that were misinformation, disinformation, and total lies. Well, you have to be six feet apart. I mean, if you look at the history of the last two years, it was all 
mis, dis, malinformation by our government, by all those in power against us. And you just go, it's just crazy. And all the exaggerations, the hospitals are overflowing and everything, when they were all empty. They had to lay off nurses and doctors by the thousands because they were so empty. And the media went along with all of it. Why? Number three, I think we saw how the administrative state wants total totalitarian control over us completely. Because when that judge in Florida said, no, the mass mandate, you can't do that. They came unglued, saying no one can tell government what to do or not. A judge doesn't have a right to do that. If we say something's the way it's to be done, that's the way it's to be done. Apparently, they want absolute power, clearly, even dictatorial power. Of course they do. And that's what we saw. Number four, education. Who put out the misinformation of, you know, all the schools need to be closed? Never happened before in history, especially when the kids were not vulnerable at all to this disease. Still to this day, not one child that didn't have pre-existing conditions has died. Well, that's crazy. Who gave those orders? And what was their intent in doing that? It was obviously destruction um, because that's all it did is destroyed their ability to learn. Sitting home for two years, I know from being a teacher, when kids just go home for the summer for three months, after three months, you got to reteach them everything that you taught them the year before. They just, they forget it all. Well, after two years, you got to start back over and probably kindergarten with them. Another interesting area of the, the disinformation by the elites was healthcare. It was for your health. You know, up to a year, healthcare was inaccessible for many people. You know, you couldn't go for a cancer screening. You couldn't go for other things that were important to you. No, no, just COVID patients only because we're so busy. You know, how did this happen? And what's funny is if you look at the statistics, healthcare spending dramatically declined during the pandemic. You think, no, it's going to go up. No, it went way, way down because people weren't getting all the healthcare they needed because they weren't allowed to. Who gave those orders? In most places in the U.S., hospital parking lots were empty. And we talked about that. And nurses were furloughed by the hundreds and thousands. And this was taking place all over America. Um, and these are the people that now want to say, we're going to tell you what is truth and what is not. When we've just seen over the last two years, all the areas, everything they said was a lie. Not just some of the things everything. And that's how serious this is. Under that healthcare too, amazing thing to me and so many were how they did not even give doctors the freedom to prescribe for their patients what they thought they should have. They lost that ability during COVID. Nope. Remdesivir is the only thing you can prescribe. No ivermectin, no hydroxychloroquine, no anything else. Vitamin D, no anything. That's it or you'll lose your license and we will come against you. First time in history. That's how totalitarian they are. And that's how against opposition they are. Even a medical doctor that is an expert in that area, when he differs with their opinion, destroy him and end his career. Number six, 
politics. It all became political, and that's happened to everything today in our culture, and it's amazing. In the early 1940s, FDR, he was trying to join up with, with the organization that would become the March of Dimes to help raise money for polio because he was in a wheelchair himself. And that foundation said, no, 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 no. That will make the public think we're intertwined with government or politics. And they refused the funding from the federal government to help research for polio because they said, no, politics and health have to be separate always. They understood that. Well, during the entire pandemic, it's all it's been is political. The president of the United States, Biden, blaming, oh, this virus is the fault of the red states. And on and on it goes. Are you kidding? Over health? But everything's become that way because we're in a battle. And that's what you do in a battle. You turn everything into a weapon to be used against your enemy. And number seven, he goes into psychology and just the battle that we've had in that area where they denied the reality that if you put people in forced isolation and solitary confinement, you're going to have mental health issues. You're going to have problems. That's normally torture in prison uh, when you're put in solitary confinement. But they did that to everyone, even the, even the school-aged children. And so uh, the disinformation of their propaganda uh, was just unbelievable in economics. They act like, well, health is more important than economics when the two are tied together. You can't collapse someone's business and then think they're going to be in good health. Of course they're not. The stress and the anxiety and the burden of debts piling up because you can't open your business and pay your bills and on and on. And they act like everything is disconnected when everything is connected. He, he goes on here. The disregard of basic economics during the pandemic was shocking. It was as if an entire discipline didn't matter. Oh, economics doesn't matter. What? All the livelihoods of all hundreds of thousands of families and millions, hundreds of millions of people, it doesn't matter? And it didn't help that the economists themselves were strangely silent. Why weren't people saying, excuse me, I don't care what's going on. You cannot shut down the economy without having huge repercussions on everyone for decades. And of course... That's what's going to happen because of it. Number nine, he was talking about class differences. And this is key. At some point in the middle of March 2020, nearly every top manager of every company in the U.S. received a memo that explained which businesses are essential and which have to close. Many in the professional class took their jobs home and did fine. Others in the working classes were shoved in front of the pathogen to bear the burden of herd immunity and only later told they had to get a vaccine that they didn't want or need. I mean, it's just, and then the other ones were just said, go home. Those businesses are closed. They had total disregard for people and no one seemed to even say anything about it. The media didn't cover it. And what's amazing is, of course, churches were deemed those are non-essential, but liquor stores and strip clubs and abortion clinics, no, those are essential. Those can remain open. <laughs> and of course, all the big box chain stores, like a Walmart that has thousands of people in there at any given moment, they're allowed to be open, but the little Ma and Pa store that only has three people in there that are way away from each other because there's only three people in the store at a time, no, you, you can't be open. 
It was all disinformation, misinformation, and these are the people that now are saying we are going to dictate what is truth and what is a lie, and everyone will be submitted to our way of doing things. And he summed it up here, number 10, social philosophy, you know, freedom of speech is foundational. It's foundational to liberty. You cannot be free without it. Finally, we come to the biggest problem of all. What kind of society do we want to live in and build? Is it based on the presumption that freedom belongs to all and is the best path for progress and good lives? Or do we want the rights of the people always to defer to the mandarins and the walled-off bureaucracies who give orders and expect only compliance and no challenge to their rule, just like China? Do we want Shanghai <laughs> or do we want America of 20, 30 years ago? This is a huge question that we have to answer. An entire generation, and this is key here, part of our action points, an entire generation needs to become convinced that freedom actually matters, even and especially in a crisis of any sort. That's one of the things we can do is train those around us in the next generation because they have not been taught that. Freedom matters. Um, they've been taught security matters. And, and big government knows what's best. And you can't trust those around you. Clearly, something had gone wrong before the pandemic response. We know that it's been declining for decades like my movies talk about some kind of social cultural loss of confidence that freedom is the best path. We lost our way in that because they took over the institutions of influence and have taught people, no, no, big government is the future, not freedom. Yes, there are victories all around us and we need to remember that. Lockdowns for now do not vex us and most mandates are gradually evaporating, but the intellectual, social, cultural, and political reckoning has just begun. And that's what we have to work at. Accountability. Who put out the disinformation? Who was responsible? Yes, we know it was government. But what person in government said, again, the plexiglass has to go up in every business. We need to dig in until we find out these truths because it was so evil for them to do all these things that were a complete lie and force us to be obedient to things that were not for the common good. It is going to touch every institution in every area of life and consume the efforts of all of us. The political reckoning has just begun, and we need to remember that. And we need to work toward, in that area, removing those people from office. It is going to touch every institution in every area of life and consume the efforts of all of us for at least another generation. And it is. The fight for truth is never ending because the father of lies who hates truth is their commander in chief. And he will never stop pushing, spreading lies, all the while trying to silence the truth. The ministry of disinformation <laughs> is just something that the father of lies came up with and has pushed it in many countries worldwide because he wanted to control what could be said because he hates the truth and those on the left hate it as well. The fight for truth and liberty, just like at the beginning with our founders, nine years into America, they had to stand up and fight for free speech. We're having to do it again today. And it's worth it. It's so vital because when we're free to speak, that means we're free to educate. And when we're free to educate, that means we're free to influence. And the more that we influence others with the truth, it's so powerful 
God can use it to change their hearts and minds and beliefs where then we start to, truth starts to grow and starts to push out the disinformation of the elites and the lies of the left. And Lord willing, we will once again be in a free country. Our verse for this week fits in exactly to what we're talking about today. It's from Psalm 19, verse 14. And this is why truth and that we're speaking truth it why it is so important. King David said this, Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. That should be our prayer. That everything we speak, every word of correction, instruction, criticism, encouragement, would be pleasing to the Lord. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. He is the truth. That's why truth matters. <laughs> That's why it's this, this battle to speak freely and stand against those in power that hate the truth is so meaningful and important. I appreciate you all. And until next week, God bless you.